0: It's such a blessing for me to come to you and bring you the good news of Jesus Christ once again. Today is the second session where I'm going to just talk about difficult times and how God helps us in difficult times. How God uh, brings forth His life in us in the midst of difficult times. That means that you can have a good time while things aren't that good. That means that without your situation changing, there can still be life for you and goodness towards you. That's what we're going to talk about today. We talked about this last time. I've used examples like from Paul. And I'm going to touch a little bit on Peter, go back to Paul a little bit, where he was in front of Felix and uh, do some recapping there and then get into what I have for you today. I want you to know that the Christian life that God has come to bring is robust enough that you can have joy, doesn't matter, what you go through. there's something that God produces in us. Although we can cry, although we can be sad, yet there is something deep inside us that comes forth that leads us to a place where we partake of the eternal life that there is in God. So if you are going through a difficult time, just sit tight. This message is going to bless you and help you. Let us pray together. Father, thank you so much for your good news. Thank you for the love that you have for us. Thank you that you have expressed your innermost feelings in Jesus and you bring forth your life in him to all of us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you speak powerfully through me today. Amen and amen. You know, sometimes things just don't work out the way we think it is supposed to work out or we go through difficult times. Imagine God creating Adam and Eve, and then he tells them, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for the day you eat thereof, you will surely die. And then Adam and Eve go, something like Ananias and Sapphira, and they go and partake of something that destroys them and kills them. What would go on in your heart when you see that? What do you think was going on in the heart of God when he saw that? He came to Adam and he was shouting, Adam, where are you in care and in concern for him? Because Adam wasn't where he was supposed to be. Adam was now in a place where he was walking in the knowledge of his nakedness, in the knowledge of his inability, and he was on a sure path of death. And he did die. He did return to the dust of the earth. And God has said that that would happen to Adam. That was what was taking place in Adam. And I think it wasn't easy for God when he went through that, when he saw that. As what was difficult for Adam, it was also difficult for God. We find that God is a God of compassion, a God of feeling. We find that we see Jesus Christ knowing what it is to go through difficult times, and we mention, we see that mentioned in Hebrews. So even God himself, as what he was in relationship with man, I believe, was going through difficult times. But do you think that God was ever hopeless? Do you think that God was ever overtaken by, his, by these feelings to the point that he was in absolute despair, wherein he could not have good works? No, never. God has got a kind of a life that is eternal, yet it is relational. So We can know from that that we will, in this life, uh, while we experience difficult things, as what God has got, that source of eternal life that cannot be extinguished, we will have that and we will see the life of God manifest in the midst of difficult times. And we know that the fullness of who God is and what God is will continue into eternity and that we can now be partakers of that. Okay, now... I'm doing a course uh, wherein, or I'm presenting a course, through Acts, chapter by chapter. This started, I think, about five weeks ago. And we are just going through, chap- through Acts, chapter by chapter, looking at what was going on in the early church. And let me tell you something. The, the early church and what they believed and what they wanted from God was something that I would think would be different to what we experience in our culture today. The early church was simple people. They were people that didn't worry about, um, I would say, the things we worry about. They were a people group that were fascinated with the fact that Jesus was physically raised from the dead, that Jesus, Jesus, they called him Lord, uh, as what you would call um caesar lord they would change their whole mind away from caesar and then focus on jesus as lord and they would basically say well we've got a new physical ruler of the earth and we are now under his jurisdiction the belief the belief that they had right there just just in that simplicity cuts away about 90 percent of what the church is about in general today now, we have, we've got so many issues and burdens that we carry on our back, but there's good news. Even in those times, God can bring us again to the right message and bring us to a place of true peace. Now, back to the early church. The early church, as what they were, just simply people loving on one another, knowing that Jesus Christ is Lord, were also going through very difficult times. We look at Peter. Here Peter goes to the temple, his motives are pure, he goes and preaches a message that was preached in the temple before, the message of the resurrection, and he now comes and explains the fullness of this message, and then they grab him and beat him, him and John, they just beat them. My goodness, man, (laughs) imagine how you, just think of yourself, if you go and tell somebody about Jesus. Let's say at a school or at a place, and these people start to slap around on you. How will you feel? You will feel, but my rights, my, my, and you would want to make a court case because somebody has slapped you because you've preached the gospel. These people, when they were beaten, they laughed. They laughed. I think, I think of myself. You know, if, if I go to a place and somebody starts to bump me around, the first thing that goes to my mind is, I need protection. Where's the government? That's the first thing I think. You know, I'm just confessing to you. That would be in my mind. Where's the police? Where's the government? They need to protect me. They, I've got rights here, and I'm falling back on my rights. But here we find the apostles not even having that going through very difficult times. Now imagine you're in a place where you basically have very little rights, where there's dictators around you, where you go and preach the truth with all purity in heart, loving on people, really helping, just bringing the truth. And here they start to beat up on you and threaten you. And you know they're trying to kill you. But thank God that a a notable miracle took place when you raised a man that was a paralytic. And because of the crowd, these people aren't killing you, but they now have their knife in for you and they want to destroy you. Imagine that. <laughs> I mean, um, and the church in that time, they were happy. Now, we can hear that and say, you see, Baptiste, This is a message of condemnation. This is a message of guilt because are you telling me that in these difficult times I must now start to try and be happy as what the early church was happy? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that as we understand the real and the true gospel, even if things like that would happen, we would find the Holy Spirit bringing forth fruit in our lives even in the midst of those times. As much as what we would want to do that, We cannot, from the Bible, preaching it in context, promise the church today that they will always be financially prosperous, that they're always going to have everything go well with them, that every time they pray for the sick, that the sick will all the time be healed. We cannot promise that. That We sometimes, as charismatic preachers, have made promises to people that God didn't even make to them. In this time, we know that there will be perfection in the day of Jesus. But in this time, we're going to have difficult times. We can just look at at, at different nations and what they are going through. I mean, there are people that started businesses and all of a sudden the COVID regulations came in and they went bankrupt. It happened to people. It happened to Christians. Now, what if that happens? How will we handle those difficult times? The apostles, they were beaten, man. And they were just pure in their heart. They did nothing wrong. They did just nothing wrong. They they loved on people. They went to the Jews. They said, listen, we want to tell you. you, you know this Jesus that you guys killed? The father raised him from the dead, put him at the right hand of God. And you know what? You Jewish people, God is so good that he now comes to you through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit first as Jews. And he's saying to you, listen, repent of thinking that this man, Jesus, is not Lord and repent unto believing that he is Lord. Confess him as Lord. Know what will happen? The spirit that is upon us, that gives us life will also come upon you. Hallelujah. And then you see them being beaten. That just doesn't sound that fair. But that is what happens. And these people were happy. And there's something inside the, 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 the power of the resurrection that can bring us joy even in those difficult times. Now, last week, we looked at Paul when he was in front of Felix. Paul came into the temple, didn't even preach in the temple in Jerusalem. Came in, he was just in the temple, they saw him, they caught him, they said, this guy preaches false doctrines in other places you know where there are synagogues and stuff, they wanted to kill the man, it was terrible. He was then brought before Felix, Felix listened to his case, he had a wonderful, he put his case out perfectly, he is 100% innocent, and Felix took two years, to say guilty or not guilty, or oh, let me put it this way, longer than two years. And after he, and I mean, what listen, listen to what this judge does. He allows, this governor, he allows Paul to put his case. Then he says, I will give judgment and then waits. And he allows his friends to come and see and visit Paul and bring him food and care for him because he's just setting up a, a perfect place for bribes. He never receives a bribe, and Paul waits in jail for two years. And then another leader comes in and he says, well, the Jews like it that Paul is locked up. So I'm just keeping him here. This is happening to a Christian. And we would say justice did not prevail. Unrighteousness was Uh, at the order of the day and all those kind of things. Yes, according to the law, those things were unrighteous. But you know what what kind of a righteousness did take place? The righteousness that Paul, in the midst of those times, can have enough life inside him that he would write letters and help people and spread the gospel and preach boldly. Paul, at the end of Acts, we will find that he was under house arrest. (laughs) Under house arrest. Now, the thing why I mention these things is, church, we look at our own lives and we look at going through difficult times sometimes. We look at unjust things that happen to us and we say, where is God? Then we start to do introspection, want to find out what is wrong with us. Why did I, why why does my car break? Why does, um, I mean, somebody's car is going to break. One day it's going to be yours. Well, you know, there are other people that are very prosperous financially and other people that are not that prosperous. Listen, man, the church is made up out of rich and poor people. That's the way. That's just the way it is. And there's nothing you can do about that. No bad. But the poverty is not going to be mine. And that's listen well glory to god if you've got a passion for business and god has gifted you to do to to be in business and that is going to be part of the church no guilt for you this is wonderful like i've said last week you know it is um even in the this ministry yes there are people of all income groups that support dynamic love ministries and i'm very grateful for that uh but it's also the financially wealthy people that pay for flights and buy cameras and those kind of things so yes in this church will people prosper yes people will prosper but i can tell you now if you take any church you will find there are people in that church that are not financially prosperous you can take any church and you will find that there are people in a church let's take a church of 300 people 400 people they're going to be people in that church that's on chronic medication it's just going to the way it is By that, I'm not saying settle for that. But what I'm trying to say is, if that is you, don't think what's wrong with me. God, why are you not for me? Uh, Lord, what is, you know, what have I done wrong? There's something wrong with my faith. Being an introspection thing where you cannot even have a smile on your face. No, there is a message. There is a hope that the gospel brings, which puts us in a place where we can have a smile on our face today. I'm looking at one of my friend's um donnie van Wyk, donnie and tashai van wake their daughter uh has got epilepsy and at the moment she's at a hospital here in uh in cape town and they put they've, they've put these wires inside her brain man i tell you that operation doesn't look like a sunday school picnic i tell you it is it's not nice and this is their daughter now i can look when i look at donnie and tashai Yes, they smile and everything, but I can also see uh, the, 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 the burden of this in their eyes, which they cannot hide. We see this. It is normal, but yet we find them, being people, spreading the good news of Jesus Christ in the midst of, the, of this, doing everything they can after they've, they've prayed, they've done everything People have prayed, people with great faith has prayed, and here we find this person still going through this. Should they now go to, in, to, into an introspection thing, trying to find what's wrong with their faith and all these kind of things? All the people that will judge them and say, oh, you have little faith, or it's not because of faith that has prayed for them, you know, that for her, that's also seen the healing. The, the, I mean, all of them, they, they are sitting there looking at the situation, but there is Shani, I believe that God loves her. I believe that God has got a hope for her. Her, The the hope that God has for all of us is the resurrected, glorified, eternal life as humans. And in this world, when we go through these difficult times, our eyes are only on the hope that Jesus Christ has given us. And there's something phenomenal that takes place in our hearts when we behold this, uh, this eternal life that God has brought to us where we see all people are mortal. All people to some degree are actually poor because there will always be somebody that's richer than someone else. By that we can reason, if we want to reason that way, that all people somehow is actually also rich. Because Paul says there's contentment for us. We have clothes and food and therewith we are content. What a robust life. I find, I should have put the video up, Shawnee there, in the hospital with the wires in her brain waiting for an epileptic fit that they can measure to see if they can remove a small part of her brain. Um, and you say, but Betty, we can pray in the name of Jesus. He's going to be healed. Well, you're welcome. But while this lady is not healed, she needs to live. And she needs to have joy. And what I've seen her, you know, she just gives a thumbs up and she smiles and she says, I'm okay and i see there's a part of the robustness of the eternal life of god that i see in her that shows me that there's more than just healing in this world there's more than just prosperity in this world there's something that god has put inside us a hope that's inside the christian that is greater than the things of this world which we can maybe not explain today I remember years ago, I went to Donnie. Uh First time I preached, it was in Palaboa in the, at the Kruger National Park, a beautiful area there. And he talked about his daughter. And, he's, and, you know, when you get difficult questions like, the, like these, you don't always know the answer. I mean, they've prayed for years, you know, done everything that you can possibly do. And they didn't see the miracle take place. And he asked me, Bertie, what do you say about this? But you know what was the beautiful thing? As we were talking about this or the run up to this, we were talking about how, thank God, that it's not by tithing or sowing or reaping, how this gospel is a good news gospel and how we give everything. Let us preach this gospel, excited about the gospel and all of that. And then he came and he said, well, you know, I want to talk about something else. And I said, yes, what is it? And he spoke about Shani. And this was my answer to him. I said to him, Donnie, and this might sound like a an harsh answer, but it shakes us to the reality of the truth of what the gospel eventually is all about. I said to him, Donnie, why don't we, I don't have an answer for you, but why don't we talk about this in a hundred years from now? Why don't we just talk about this in a hundred years from now? Or we can use these words, why don't we talk about this in the resurrection? You know, in the resurrection, when you look back, we will not even see a need to talk about this because, yeah, this is what it's about. All of us somehow, somewhere are going to die if Jesus doesn't return, but there's a greater hope for us as a Christian. And as our mind is focused on that, the, the Bible says in Peter that we are now starting to experience the first fruit of that life. We see that in the, in the apostle Peter. Listen, when you get slapped, you don't smile man these people they get they preach the hope of the resurrection they get beaten and then they go back and they rejoice because of the suffering that they're going through for the gospel we also find in the gospel in these times paul couldn't heal all the sick it is there he prayed for people left them at places moved on left them to die basically and then find that god healed them i mean he didn't just raise them up in the name of jesus all the time i didn't mention this before so how do you live as a person uh, uh, in those difficult times paul he was poor now you might say you see Beatty, but paul, we can understand persecution but there were times when paul wasn't poor because of persecution he was just poor there was not people giving to him and his business didn't make too much money. You know, he was helping certain people in business, making some money. And then he says here, I know what it is to be poor and I know what it is to be rich and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, meaning the revelation of Jesus as the Messiah strengthens him in the time when he doesn't really have to the point that he's got a smile on his face where he says, I don't need anybody to add anything unto me to be happy. So Paul, when he didn't have money, when he was at the place where it was difficult for him to pay certain things, do you think that Paul was going through introspection? Oh God, where am I missing it? Oh Lord, did I sow enough money? Should I claim it? Should I frame it? Should I mark it? What should I do? Oh Lord Jesus. No, Paul wasn't. He wasn't doing that. Paul wasn't doing that. And another thing that I want to add in here quickly is when it comes to the prophetic. (laughs) The apostles didn't know the future all the time. You can see just by the way Paul writes, he says, well, I want to come to you and we hope it works out kind of a thing. If you read through Acts. So there were certain things that was unsure. We today feel that we are so spiritual if we always know what's going to, how things are going to work out. We're not always going to know how things work out. But Bertie, that doesn't sound like good news to me. Well, it sounds good like good news to me In this sense, that the gospel can be so good, the character of God can be so good that I don't need to know all these things, that I can have peace in the midst of all of that. You know, if I have a child in a car and and we're driving somewhere and he tells, and he asks me, how long will it still take? How long will it still take? How long until we're there? How long until we're there? You find a slight kind of an irritation building up. (laughs) That's what happens. You feel, man, I'm taking you there. And can you not just trust that we're going to make it? If you have a child that wants to know exactly what you're going to cook for the next month, every meal in detail, otherwise you cannot have rest. You will say, boy, we need to go to some psychologist or something. You need help or prayer or some will say a slap or something. You know, just some help. (laughs) i mean that's just not normal but somehow we've got this idea and that we need to know the future all the time we need to know what's going to happen in government all the time we need to know who's the president's going to be all the time we need to know uh, uh you know all these things in future The reason why I think we want to know all those things in future is because our hearts hasn't come to a place where we trust God. We trust the pilot. I mean, we get into a plane. We don't know how to fly that thing. You know, the pilot might just, it might just take a little bit longer. We say, well, the flight's taken. They just say, it's going to take a bit longer. There's weather. Okay. Then we just rest. We don't want to know all the time, you know. When is he going to turn left? When is he going to turn right? All those kind of things. If you're one of those passengers, you know, they're going to start to uh, stress. You're going to bring stress to the plane. You need to relax. And I think that's the same thing when it comes to the gospel. Paul and them were going through difficult times. They just knew that they live in this earth. There are unrighteous people in this world. There are things that happen in this world that's not the way it's supposed to be. I mean, Paul got slapped and then he said to the priest, God will slap you. Then they said, are you speaking like that to the high priest? Then he says, oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't know it was the high priest. So that means Paul didn't know everything. Made mistakes. Don't talk like that to the high priest. And then he quotes scripture. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Apologizing. Made a mistake. In the very same way, we today can go through difficult times. But in those times, God will strengthen us. I want to read from um, Romans 5. So all that I'm trying to say, not trying to give an in-depth teaching today, I want to just say to you, if things don't work out perfectly, I mean, I've got people that are, that's in our web church, um, had a stroke, is in hospital, family has basically left them, but we find these people on Facebook, encouraging people in the good news yes this this person was also going through difficult times when i've encouraged them when i put the gospel to them and all those kind of things and help them and now see how there is uh uh, um, and and a spiritual growth and just an encouragement again and how this person is now encouraging other people beautiful to see but he didn't get healed still in the hospital unless some miracle happened he's going to be there for the rest of his life And those are things and facts that you need to face. But I find that the gospel, man, I just want to bring tears to my eyes, the hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ brings so much hope to that man that he is encouraging other people that are not in a hospital, bringing the gospel, amening the gospel, uh, 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 telling me, come on, Bertie, preach the gospel. Isn't that awesome? There's something that God can bring forth in us that is wonderful. And we don't always, we in in our gospel, don't have to as preachers assure everybody that everything is always going to work out all the time because Jesus died for you and was raised. No, Jesus died and he was raised. What does that mean? He's come to give us eternal life. And we also find the way where it's explained the gospel is that there is a time now where there is a season where we might go through difficult times, man. And then there's a day wherein Jesus will return, wherein we will find perfection and Prior to that day, we do have the spirit whereby we can see signs, wonders and miracles, which we are absolutely open for. We are open for prophetic words and all those kind of things, but we don't have to know the future all the time. When the Holy Spirit was poured out on people at the day of Act, uh, in, in, in on the day of Pentecost in Acts, they didn't go around and say, "Well, now everybody prophesies, and now, as they were prophesying, or in acts nineteen when Paul laid hands on people, they started to prophesy they didn't go about telling people well, um i see a J, 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 uh, J, O, J, O. um j o j o john you you your name is John, and you live on the corner of what uh i see a one i see a one, and I see a long on the corner of first and long first and long yeah yeah, that's where you live oh no, that's not what they did man prophecy then was speaking the wonders of god explaining and reaching under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit on how the prophets were fulfilled and how we have the hope of the resurrection by Jesus Christ. That is what prophecy was called. But now these days, you know, we think that, that we, we should not despise prophecy. And then we're referring to these things where people tell our telephone numbers and where we live. And we shouldn't despise that. Well, if God wants to tell me my telephone number, it's good. I I don't have a problem. God can tell me whatever he wants. And I don't want to say that that cannot be encouraging to people that are at a place where they don't know as if God know about them anymore. And now God, somebody comes supernaturally and gives them the telephone number and so forth. And that can be encouraging, and normally it then gives a certain hope wherein there's an outcome as pertaining to certain difficult things of this world wherein it is said that, no, don't worry, your car will be fixed and your child will be okay and so forth, and you're going to have a business and, and those kind of things, and it brings some hope, but it doesn't always bring life. Bring some form of a hope inside the things of this world. And we even find, I don't say this is the case with people that do this in the name of Jesus, but there was also a woman that followed, followed Paul and he was saying, these are men of God, they show you the true way and all those kind of things, which was a, which was not the spirit of God. So, Bertie, but you're too rational about these things. This is not the way we're supposed to think about. You just want to tell me you just believe in Jesus. And then as you believe in Jesus, God is just going to give you hope in your heart. Doesn't matter what you're going through. Yes. And now you'd want to tell me, Bertie, and uh, do you believe that um, that your future is not secure as pertaining to f- the normal things of this world, money and those kind of things or whatever? Do you believe it's not secure? Well, the Bible says, look at. Tell those that are rich not to put their trust in the in uncertain riches. Now, no, but I'm a Christian. Well, why did Paul wrote that to Timothy to tell to Christians? That, that, that is not nice to know. It, listen, let me tell you something. I'm not saying that you're going to be poor. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying poverty is a definite yes. That's not what I'm saying. I do believe that, there are, that, that, that that there's financial prosperity for all of us. And I do believe that, and this is truly what I feel in my heart, that most people that do have businesses, there's, there's stability in, in certain businesses and it will, it will go on until the day you, um, you die. You know, yes, it, it would be like that for a lot of us. But we cannot have our peace in that. There's something greater. That God has for us as Christians and let me tell you something if our hearts is in that we will not be led astray by the news media and our emotions would not run away with the news media and all those kind of things because we have this kind of feeling that well we are under another kingdom and we're not actually of this world although we are in this world and we have a father that provides for us and we are content people that's just the way it is. You may say, Batty, but this doesn't sound, I'm not even used to this message. I don't know if this message can give anybody life. Well, the early church lived like that. I don't find the early church ever, ever. And I, and please hear me. Um, there are some of you that might be watching this that might say, Batty, this is very discouraging. Maybe for you, it might sound discouraging. But there are people that's watching this that struggle, man that don't have, that has been promised that they're going to have. And they've given their tithes, they've given their offerings, they've given their money, they've prayed, they've fasted, and all those kind of things. And if they're just dead honest and they look back, they realize that it hasn't worked for many, 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 many years. And it's actually they're worse off now. And those are the people that I have in mind in this, uh, in this message. Listen, my friend. In the midst of all of that, in the midst of those difficulties, I want you to ask God, Lord, I want to understand the gospel, the message that made Peter happy. The church, the early church, and, 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 and I, let me read this to you, Acts. Ask God, I want to know that message. I want to know that message, the true gospel. Not this typical prosperity gospel. That's not what made me happy. And I want to tell you this. You might say, but Bertie, you're prospering, you know, financially. You you're doing well. But let me tell you something. It is not the prosperity message that is going around in the world that prospered me financially. No. The Bible says that there are those that prosper in this world. And I thank God that. I can now when I call what what I call prosperity and what other people will call prosperity might be two completely different things. That other people might look at me and say, Baddy, but you're not prospering." Well, I find that for the last 20 years, I've only thought that I've prospered. And when I look back, I realized that there were times when I look back, I realized that that doesn't look like prosperity. But back then, I felt I'm prospering. Can you see prosperity is something that happens in the heart? I prospered without a house without owning anything i prospered i was and then you must have had you spiritually prospered oh man i felt happy with the stuff that i have with food and clothes Therewith, i was content see no need to add anything having a life born in me that's rugged which is so pure that it can produce life in the midst of difficult times I want to tell you as we put our hope on Jesus Christ that you have the promise of eternal life you will find as you find your hope Jesus was raised from the dead. His eternal life belongs to me. This body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. This body shall be raised from the dead. I'm part of a new kingdom. This kingdom that I'm under, righteousness in that kingdom is different than the righteousness of the world. In this world, I've got, I'm got. i in a condition to be happy outside or in a different way where I can be happy in the world. The world tells me that I can only ha- ha- be happy if my kids has got the highest education, the highest care, and all those kind of things. well, let me put it to you this way. That's not righteous. That's not righteous to have joy only when your kid has got the highest education. Is it righteous that joy is connected to that? That's unrighteous because then we can only be happy when governments are at such a place that everybody can have a doctorate and before the government is in place, that everybody can financially prosper in this world. We as Christians don't have a reason to be happy. It's unrighteous to be under a system where joy is determined by things. But thank God that we are justified by faith. I'm justified with joy. I'm justified with kindness. I'm justified with the fruit of the Spirit as i believe upon the resurrection of jesus christ and i can hear some of you say but you need to give me some form of a surety that i'm gonna be okay the only form of surety that i can give to you when it comes to money is this you have a father look at the gentiles uh, look, look at the gentiles they care about these things but you that have a father you don't care about these things for your heavenly father knows what you have need of he knows what you have need of and i want to tell you as pertaining to finances and those kind of things god knows what your need is and he will meet that but but the the greatest need we have is to understand the kingdom of god and his rulership over us. Glory to God. Let me s- summarize it this way. And I'm going to go to Acts. Just this part of the message. What I'm trying to say is. I'm not saying to you. That poverty is a guarantee. What I'm saying to you is. Joy is a guarantee. It joy is a guarantee. Doesn't matter what. Long suffering. Long suffering is the Im- You know, a person that's got long suffering, it doesn't feel long for him. To the impatient, it feels long. But to the person with long suffering, it feels quick. Long suffering is one of the robust things that God gives us. That's tailor-made for a broken world where we can live in joy, man. Hallelujah. I look at some of my friends, my one friend here in town. He's got a business and the driver drives a truck, rolls the truck. But he it's just because of negligence. Another one breaks another thing. You think of the amount of money that is involved in these things breaking just because of workers not really doing what they're supposed to do putting this man through difficult times. Then you look at wrong things that happen. You think, I don't know, why does all these things happen? But the guy, (laughs) you find he's happy. He's full of the joy of the Lord, man. He's encouraged. His greatest concern was not the things that go wrong in business. And there were some things that were really not, you know, you would say, Lord, these things don't really look as if it's supposed to go like that. But he comes to me and says, Bertie, you know, you really need to help me. Somebody preached, is preaching the law to my son, and I am—I'm using my own words now. I'm a bit stressed here, and this son needs. This is now serious stuff. This is serious stuff. We—we—we we, we, th- here. We need help. Please assist me. But when he was going through difficult times on the business, when he looks as if he's losing all his contracts and everything can go down, the, the guy seemed okay. But when his son is hearing the law, he feels, oh my goodness, no, no, no I need help now. hallelujah it's a different world now you might say but you know i don't i'm not there because when things happen i stress i want to tell you with me the very same thing you know if there are times when you look at normal things in this world when you when you look at it you find oh my goodness you feel that moment of a, a stress in you but as you just calm down think of the good news goodness of jesus christ think of the gospel Made upon the good news, you find, man, there's just something pushing up in you, which is eternal life. And it brings peace to you. Cognitively, sometimes you go through stress, but there's this underlying foundation of joy that is always there. Acts 2. This is a shocker, but this is this is what it says here. Talks about the early church. Every day they continued to meet together in a temple, in temple courts. They broke bread. In their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. These people were under dictators, they had no democracy, and they were glad. But Batty, it's impossible to, it's possible to be glad. So Batty, are you just saying that we should not, I'm not saying any of that. All that I'm saying to you is it's possible to have joy that's born from god romans 5 therefore since we have been justified through faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we stand today and we boast in the hope of the glory of god not only so but we also glory in our suffering because we know That suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. The way I see it is, the way I would translate it this way, that even when we go through suffering, we know that by the grace of God wherein we stand, perseverance will be produced. Long-suffering will be produced. Character will be produced. Character to stand in that time. And eventually we will see the hope that we have all the time being produced, which is the resurrection. We know this hope will be produced because while we are in these difficult times, the love of God is is produced and poured out in our hearts for we are mindful of what Christ has done for us and where we will, we will end up as pertaining to the resurrection. You know, I'm thinking of a, a friend of mine in Canada, his wife. Uh, got shingles and was in her face and in her eyes. I don't know if I've testified about this before. And yes, it is difficult times, it's painful times, but we find these people in those difficult times continuing to believe in the good news, continuing to believe in the good news, even continuing to support the ministry where it is imagine shingles in the in the face and in your eye your eye is so sensitive and now the nerves is inflamed and it's got infection in it and there's a virus or something inside the nerves it it, it must be so painful but in the midst of that time the good news of jesus the message of the resurrection encouraged that person standing in the power of God and I'm sure that as she was going through that there might be times where you feel oh is my faith not of of little faith or man you know going through difficult times because when you feel that pain it is difficult the husband seeing that the children seeing that there's questions that might want to arise but in that there is a stability which is the gospel the goodness of Jesus Christ the power of the resurrection of Jesus it says here the church it says here at the church, we're happy. Hey, <laughs> we can be happy. But how can we be happy if we don't have surety about our political situation? How can we be happy even if the situation is sure without Jesus? That's the question. Yes, we look at the injustices of this world and our hearts cry. And we're going to read that in Second Peter if you want to. But there's something bigger than these things. You possess eternal life, man. You are God's. You belong to him. He belongs to you. You have eternal life. In the midst of all these things, there's something greater, more robust. When we see difficult times, what can we expect? We can expect the grace wherein we stand, bringing things like long-suffering and kindness and patience and character Bring it forth by grace. It doesn't say that we are, that the hard time teaches us grace wherein we stand brings forth what is needed for the most difficult time. So, Beth, do you want to tell me that you can that 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 you have no surety that South Africa is the best place for you now? The only surety that I do have is that I will be bodily raised from the dead, and on the way there. I will have the fruit of the spirit by the doing of God as I rely upon him. That's the only surety I have. But, Betty, that doesn't sound good. Well, I think if that is what you say, you need to go and study the gospel and ask God to help you to see the gospel. Because this world is too unstable to have our hope in unstable things. Glory to God. Unless we have a God, that can help us when we do things wrong, unless we have a God that can bring peace when we are mortal, unless we have a God that can that that whose spirit is powerful in is, is powerful enough to bring forth the fruit of the spirit in the midst of difficult times, unless we have such a God, how will we live in this world? We will not know how to live, but Bertie, are you not saying that heaven is coming to earth? Yes, it is. But as for a season now, we are seeing the first fruit of the Spirit, and then there will be a day when Jesus returns. And as we see the first fruit, the time when things is, we, 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 we see dimly, we prophesy in part, we know in part while we're in that time, I'm not going to try and look for faults with myself or with you all the time. We keep looking at Jesus, and that is enough. Glory to God. Well, church, thank you that I could Uh, minister this to you. I trust that uh, this message will encourage uh, many people. Um, And I want to say to you that (laughs) I don't know how to end this, but I find that as I sought the kingdom of God and I found his righteousness, that these things that I always stressed about was just added to me. It's just added to me. It was almost as if when I didn't look for it, and I looked for what was really valuable, I found that other things were added to me. And now that I found what is really valuable, the things that were added is now just seen as an added and not the main thing. The gospel of grace empowers people. Let me end off this way. If your gospel that you preach, this is to to, to preachers and to people that want to theologically maybe struggle with what I say. If your gospel doesn't work for a a, a blind, paralyzed man in the midst of the Africa bush where there is no roads, no electricity, if your gospel cannot work for him, it can work for no one. It can work for no one about that well you are the blessed of god you are his body you are you have he was made sin that you might be made the righteousness of god in christ by his doing your hope is sure and hope does not disappoint it brings forth the love of God in our hearts as we are mindful of his love which is that he has given us the hope of the resurrection the restoration of all things by the man Jesus and not our good works good works is a fruit it is not a root it's something that we have been promised by Jesus Christ thank you that I could have served you today we will see one another then again next week God bless